Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. Thank you for joining us this morning. I know we're not meeting in person, but we are. um, Thank God for technology. Can you imagine the Apostle Paul and even Jesus using technology to advance the kingdom of God, to spread the gospel. And so that's what we're doing. In times like these, where there are um, different situations in our society, even in the world, God still has a way in which we're able to get the word of God out. So thank God today we're able to bring the word of God to you in your home. And we're going to share the word of God as if you're here. I'm going to preach and teach like I'm a man from heaven. And I, I'm, I'm trusting God for his anointing even to touch you even now. God is in the business of healing people. He's in the business of delivering people. And he's in the business of giving people wisdom and to strengthening them in the time of need. So you can expect God to meet you where you are in your home tonight, today. And so whenever you look at this, hopefully you look at it while live. But in, whenever you look at this, just know that God is able to transmit his anointing despite the, the time and the distance. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. We're going to trust God to lead us and guide us tonight, today, as we deliver this word. Father God, we come to you in the name of Jesus, and we thank you for this opportunity to share your word with your people. I pray none of me but all of you grant unto me, your son and your slave, supernatural divine utterance, that I may boldly may know the mysteries of the gospel. In Jesus' name, amen. So... We're going to talk about the business of confession, part two. We started this series last week as we are endeavoring to talk about confession. Um, I actually thought that we were going to talk about the master key to life, which is your mouth. But I I fell impressed with the Lord and, and then also the lack of time to really prepare the message like I wanted it to wait until next week. And so we're going to dive back into what we kind of shared last week and we're going to build upon it. And so the business of confession, this is one of the most important messages that I've ever preached in my life is confession, the power of the tongue, the ability to speak as, speak God's word over your life and in your life and speaking life into your life and to those things that need to live. And in a time that where this virus is going around, how many know that you need to speak the word of God concerning your body? Faith, act, is act, faith activates or receives what grace accomplished in Christ. So God accomplished a lot of things in Christ, and faith takes a hold of that and makes it a reality. Like I said last week, your confession is one of the highest manifestations or one of the um, major manifestations of your faith. So it's what you say is very important. We can even say that confession brings possession. Or you can have what you say, naming and claiming it, or blabbing and grabbing it. I know there's been people who have had a negative connotation as it relates to speaking the word of God, calling things that are not as though they were. But I'm telling you, calling things that are not as though they were, I'm telling you, it's, there's something about the power of confession, the power of your words. And I want to encourage you to speak the Word of God. Last week, I gave you homework concerning going over what you have spoken or listening to your own words or listening to the words of your coworker or your 
relatives, your loved ones. Even today, this morning, um, as, as I was preparing to come and minister the Word of God, my wife said to me, watch your words, watch your confession. Uh, and I was expressing to her um, something about my job and, and, and the danger of a particular um, a position that if I would have got, I would probably end up in an accident. And she said, watch your words, watch your confession. And how many know that you need a good helpmate to remind you, a good spouse to remind you of your confession? the things that we say. And so with that in mind, let's go to the Word of God and let's look at the, the things that we need to be confessing. Last week, we talked about confession. We talked about, uh, well, first we broke down the definition of business, the, the business of confession part two. We said business is one's work or occupation or profession, rightly concerned, rightful concern or responsibility of matter or affair activity. Confession means to say what God says. It also means to be, to be in agreement with God. It also means declaration or affirmation or even profession. You think about a profession as a person's occupation or vocation. And so here we are we're calling this message the business of confession or the business of profession. And as a Christian, our job is to confess the word of God. Right? I'm getting revelation even as we're speaking. Go with me to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. And let's look at the way that God handled his business. This is the business of the kingdom. This is kingdom business. This is how believers need to live. Learning how to talk like God talks. And so in the beginning, Genesis 1-1, it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void and darkness, and was over the face of the deep. And it goes on and talks about the Spirit of the Lord um, waiting for something to happen as if. So in the midst of voidness, in the midst of darkness, in, in the midst of um, a, a lack of formness, we see the Spirit of God waiting to do something. And here in the Scripture in Genesis 1-1, the Spirit of God was there even in the midst of challenging times. How many know that we all have some challenges, challenging times? We are either in the beginning of a trial or the middle of a trial or the end of a trial. And so that, that is, uh, there's a time of darkness and there's a time of voidness. And yet the Spirit of God is even there in the midst of it. But notice the Spirit of God didn't do anything, even though he was there. In verse 2 it says, um, uh, verse 3, I'm sorry, it says, And God said, let there be light, and there was light. So we see here that the Spirit of God did not move until God said something. And it says, And God said, and then that's when things begin to happen. Let's talk about this. It says, And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from darkness. And it goes on, he calls the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. So we see there that God used his words to create his world. And he said, And God said, let there be light. The Spirit of God moved on his words and caused light to come into existence. The Spirit of God is waiting for you and I to speak the Word of God so that He can move in our lives. Our confession releases the power of God when it's in line with the Word of God. But the confession, the wrong confession, releases the power of the devil. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. 
Fear comes by hearing and hearing the words of the devil. So it is the devil's responsibility to bring to pass the negative things that we speak. But it is Jesus' responsibility to bring to about the things that we speak as it relates to the Word of God. So if you'll speak the Word of God or speak in line or in sync with the Word of God, you can expect Jesus to move on your behalf. And it goes on, verse 6, it talks about, and God said, verse 9, it says, and God said, verse 11, it says, and God said, verse um, 14, it says, and God said, verse 20, it says, and God said. So we keep seeing God said something. And God said, verse 24, it says, and God said, verse 25, it says, and then God said. So we see over and over again, God speaking some things. This is the narrative of the creation. And so we see God working. And how did he work? Through what he said. So you could actually say, you know, we often say faith without works is dead. So when we speak the word of God, we are actually working. It's part of our work. It's part of bringing to pass something that may not exist in this realm. And so we see, and God said, and God said, and God said. And it goes on in chapter 2, it talks about how God, so God finished his work. On verse 2, it says, on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day, the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it, God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. So how did God work? That's the question I want to ask you. How did God work? I want to submit to you that, yes, there was a, a, a actually, when he formed man, he, he made him out of the dust of the ground, and he breathed into man the breath of life. But that's when it came to the man. But when it came to creation, I want to submit to you that God used his word to create the world. All right, with that said, let's go to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3. I'm going to read this out of the King James Version. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3, and it simply says this. Hebrews 11, verse 3, it says, Through faith we understand, let's just stop there. Through faith we understand. If you're going to ever understand the Word of God, are you ever going to understand the things of God, the things of the life? you got to use your faith to understand. If you're trying to go, if you're going back to school to get your bachelor's or your GED or your master's or your PhD, you got to use your faith to understand. It's through faith we understand. Everybody say, through faith we understand. So you got to use your faith. Use your faith. The Bible talks about faith, that the just shall live by faith. The righteous ones should live by faith. We're to walk by faith. We're, to, we're saved by faith. So faith is extremely important in the Bible. And one of the expressions of faith, or the highest expression of faith, is your confession. And so here it says, through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So the things which are seen were not made of things which do, not, which do appear. So the things that are seen were, made, were not made of things which do appear. In other words, 
It came from an unseen realm. And so through faith, we have an understanding that God's word created the worlds. Guess what, saints? We create our world through our words. We create our world through our words. I want to encourage you that your, the world that you live in, you, it, it, when he talks about changing the world, many a times we first got to start with changing us, right? And then we change our influence, the world that we have. Each one of us have a world in which we live in. We live in the world, and then we, are, we have been made stewards over the world that God has given us. So in the world, there are many worlds, if I can say that. So everybody has their influence. Here, I'm going to give my life as an example. I work for a company. That's part of my world. I'm married to a lovely woman. Um, that's part of my world. I have two kids and two dogs. That's part of my world. I have my mother still with me. I have my sisters. I have my brothers. I have aunts and uncles and cousins. That's all part of my world. I have friends. I have associates. I have um, people that I'm just networking with. That's all part of my world. But notice, I don't know everybody, right? I don't, there's not one person that knows everybody in the world outside of the Lord. I don't, I don't, I cannot affect everything. I don't have influence in every, I only, I have influence in this church, Kingdom Living Ministries, but I don't have influence with the church down the street in the sense of the, being the pastor or the overseer of that particular work. I, I, I actually work, I actually have influence in my world and you have influence in your world as well. And so, in that sense, we are made stewards over the world that God has made us stewards over. And we have the ability to create our world like God created the world. God used his words to create the world. We use our words to create our world. And so if you don't like your world right now, your world may be full of depression or sickness or disease or, 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 or just drama-filled relationships, you have the responsibility, you have the spiritual responsibility to changing that using your faith. Sometimes what it is is that we, we believe, some believers believe that whatever happens in their world is the result of God. They believe that God is behind everything that happens in their world. I want to submit to you that's not true. There is the devil. The devil is behind a lot of stuff, sickness and disease and poverty and drama-filled relationships, a lack of peace. That's all from the enemy. We, we see that Jesus had came that we may have life and life more abundantly. And there are some things that we have done to create negative things and decisions that we made, um, maybe we gossip or said something about somebody and caused drama in a relationship, well, we're responsible for that. Or maybe we made bad decisions with money or we made bad decisions with our health. Instead of being active every day, we sit all day. How many know that's bad for your, your body? Um, that's a lack of wisdom. And so we're responsible for our world. And when you begin to own your world, then God can give you wisdom how to rule your world. And so we're to rule our world 
like God rules the world or like God created the world. We need to create some things. And I'm here to tell you that your faith is the answer. You can predict you are the prophet of your own life and you can change some things in your life. Even as Ezekiel spoke to the dry bones, he, he, he calls these dry bones to live again through his prophecy, through prophesying. And we see that God does nothing unless he first speaks it. And, and the Bible says in Amos that he will not do a thing unless he first uh, reveals it to his prophets. Why? So that his prophets can begin to speak that word, his word, so that, that they, they can, it can be life again. Uh, I want to read from a book, um, Dr., um, I call him Dr., but Charles Capps, powerful man of God, who's home with the Lord now. I believe he died in his 80s a few years ago. He has several books. Um, I've read some of them. I haven't read all of them. But the, this book that I'm going to read from today is called The Tongue, A Creative Force. The Tongue, A Creative Force. And this book I actually bought when I was a teenager. And, and I encourage you to get it. I think maybe perhaps when we come together again here at the church, I, we get, we'll get a copy for everybody because I, I believe every believer should read this book. One of the first disciples that one of the first disciples that I actually begin, one of the guys that I first dis, start discipling, who was older than me, um, he he actually that was that was one of the first books that I gave him to read, and he was a, a, a whole lot older than me. He was probably about twenty or thirty years older than me, and. He wanted to be discipled by me. And so what I did is I gave him um, Charles Capps, The Tongue, A Creative Force. And he read it, and we sat down, we discussed it, and I began to get him on the journey of confessing the Word of God. I believe one of the first things a believer should learn when, when a believer gets is brand new and, and they get born again, a person gets born again, I believe one, one of the first things that they should learn is faith and how to use their faith. Of course, they should learn doctrine. They should learn about the triune God and, and knowing God and pursuing God, learning his attributes and his character and whatnot. But they also need to learn how to live in this world and how to be overcomers. Part of the vision here is to help people to learn how to overcome. The Bible calls us to calling us to be overcomers. And the Bible says our faith is the victory that overcomes the world. So Charles Capps said this in um, page 10 in his book, The Tongue, A Creative Force. He says, God's word is just as powerful today as it was the day he spoke it. Now one bit of power has left God's word. God's creative power is still in his word. It just as if it, just as just as it was then he stood there in the beginning of time and said, light be and light was. And this is the thing I want you to see. You can speak God's words after him and they will work for you, but they must be formed in your spirit. They must become a part of you and they must abide in you continually. Let me read that part again. This is the thing I want you to see. You can speak God's words after him and they will work for you. Notice that he said also, God's word is just as powerful today as it was the day he spoke it. I want to submit to you that that same power that is in God's word is in his word today. And that power that is in his word will work for you if you'll put his word on your mouth, I'm here to tell you, most of my life, I have lived this way. 
I've lived the way of confession. In my old former church, and I was the youth pastor there, they used to call me the confessing king. Can you imagine to have a title called the confessing king? Because I always took time to confess the word of God. Everything from building a youth ministry, building the, the wife that I have. I didn't necessarily claim my wife, but I, I, I confessed favor with her. And she saw fit to receive that favor. And, uh, and therefore, now she's my wife. I confessed um, for, to have money to propose to her. And so there are different things. I didn't rob a store. I didn't borrow money. But I said, I said, I made the confession. She had, she had, um, she, she was in South Carolina, and she was coming up to visit me a few months, uh, um, a few months after I saw her last. And I said, I began to make the confession. The next time I, the next time Courtney comes, I'll have her ring. And I said it. And I said it, and I said it, and guess what? It manifested. The next time she came, I paid cash for the ring, and I was able to propose to her debt-free. Glory to God. And so I want to encourage you that, that word, God's word on your mouth is just as powerful as it is on God's mouth. I know that might sound strange to you, but I'm telling you that the power of God that is in the word of God will be in your life if you'll speak that word out of your mouth. There's something to a Christian speaking words, speaking the word of God. My, my definition of confession is, is what you say all the time. It's what you say all the time. It's not what you say when you feel like it, but it's what you say all the time. Confession or profession is the body of persons in any such calling or occupation declaring. You're declaring. Many Christians don't know how to talk right. They, 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 they're, even with the, this virus that's going around, they're, they're confessing that they have it or they might get it. I, I want to encourage you to watch what you say. Don't say what the world is saying. Don't say, don't, uh, feed, don't feed fear, starve fear. And how do you start fear? By feeding your faith. Either you're going to feed faith or you're going to feed fear. And I want to submit to you, feed your faith and starve your doubts and starve your fears. Don't just face your fears, but starve your fears. Start speaking the things that you want to happen in your life. I'm not just talking about positive speaking only, but I'm talking about getting that word of God in your life and speaking it. Or and perhaps you received a prophetic word. If a prophet or a woman or man of God spoke something to you and it bears witness with, with your heart and it's in sync with the scriptures, you have every right to speak it over your life. There have been many times that I've been prophesied to concerning traveling the world, concerning starting churches and, 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 and being um, used in that way. Guess what? I'm speaking those things. I speak the prophetic word as, as well as the written word. There's many times that was prophesied that the working of miracles will work through me. And guess what? I'm confessing that, that the work, working of miracles work through me. And you have to take the word of God, whether it's prophetically spoken or whether it's revealed to you by the Holy Spirit or whether it's revealed to you in scriptures, those things you can take and you can speak the word of God. Many times people receive a prophecy, but they don't do anything with it. They're just sitting back waiting, it, waiting, for it, waiting for it to happen. But I'm telling you, you take that prophecy and you war with it and you begin to declare the word of God over your life and over your situations. If, if a prophet told you that God was going to bless you with a certain amount of money, if, if he or she is a real prophet, 
and you, it bears witness with your spirit and it's in sync with the scriptures, begin to declare it. And one prophet told me that I was going to write volumes of books. Guess what? I, I haven't written my first book yet. I'm, I've started like five books. Guess what? I, I got to begin to declare it. And as I begin to declare it, it moves me in a position where I walk towards those things. So we need to confess. Just as a reminder for last week, we need to confess our sins. We, we need to declare that when we mess up, confess that we messed up and God... Um, by, by his son Jesus will forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We need to confess the lordship of Jesus. We need to confess God as our father, and we need to confess our faith in God's word. And last but not least, we need to confess what God has revealed to us by the Holy Spirit. When God revealed to me that it was part of his plan for me to be a youth pastor at a particular church, I began to declare that I was going to be the youth pastor of that church. Why? Not, not, I didn't pull it out of the sky, but it was revealed to me by the Spirit of God. And there are things that the Spirit of God has revealed to you. You need to declare those things. There's dreams that God has given you. You need to speak life into those dreams, whether it's to be an entrepreneur, whether it's to be the best teacher or a principal, or whether to, whether to, to be... Um, a person who, who's making a difference in the world by changing society or changing laws or whether to be a lawyer or a doctor or whatever the case may be, you can speak your future every day. And the things that you say today, you, it'll become reality for you tomorrow. Confession is the business of the believer. I said this last week, but it, it bears repetition. Christianity is called the great confession. God does nothing without speaking first. Everything about God and everything about Christianity is the business of confession. So with that said, let's go to Deuteronomy 30. Deuteronomy 30. I'm going to read this out of first out of the ESV, and then we'll go to King James. The business of confession. I, I'm telling you, I'm encouraged today, especially in light of this virus, coronavirus, I'm telling you, that thing will not come near me. Don't just read Psalm 91. Everybody and their mama or their daddy is reading Psalm 91. But I'm telling you, you need to go beyond just reading Psalm 91. You need to speak Psalm 91. You need to confess Psalm 91 over you. You, will, you need to say, I will say of the Lord, he's my refuge, he's my fortunes. I will say that a thousand will fall on my right hand, 10,000 will fall at my left hand, but it won't come near me. I will say that he, he's given his angels charge over me to keep me in all my ways. I will say out of Exodus that the Lord is my physician. He is the great physician. I will say that no plague, no plague will come nigh me. I will say by his stripes, by Jesus' stripes, I am healed. 1 Peter 2.24. I will say Galatians 3.13 that Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law, been made a curse for me. And based on Deuteronomy 28 verse 60, it says, and all in no, none of these diseases that are mentioned, any of these diseases, diseases that are mentioned that are not mentioned in this, this book should not come near me. So that means even including this virus that's out here now, corona. I, I'm telling you, it will not come nigh us. The same spirit that led us into salvation is the same spirit will lead us out of sickness and disease and away from us being able to catch it. I'm telling you that God is a healer. He's a sustainer. And if we don't confess him as sustainer, as healer, we, will, we won't see the full manifestation of his character in that area. Many of the believers are suffering because they don't know how to use their faith. 
And the devil hates this message of faith. He hates when we talk about Christ as the healer. Some Christians want to suffer. Go ahead and suffer with that sickness and disease if you like. But as far as me and my house, we're going to receive the fullness of the healing of God in our bodies. That doesn't mean that we go out and eat everything and go out without a coat or a hat. But we use our brain and we also use our faith. And we have to take medicine for a season. We'll use that medicine and we'll take it in Jesus' name and confess the word of God and take the medicine of the word of God. It, as long as, it, as, long as we're doing something in the natural, as long as it doesn't nullify what we're doing in the spirit, it's okay to take it. But when it becomes something that we depend upon more than we depend upon God, then we need to kind of examine that, those things. So Deuteronomy chapter 30. Let's go over there. Deuteronomy chapter 30. Let's look at verse 15 through 20. We're talking about the business of confession. This is part two from last week. And we'll get to the, ma the master key of life next week, hopefully. Deuteronomy 30. I guess you could say I need to find it. Deuteronomy chapter 30. And let's look at verse 15, verses 15 through 30. It says this, And see, I have set before you today life and death, a life and good, and death and evil. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, that I command you today by loving the Lord your God, by walking in his ways, by keeping his commandments and his statutes and his rules, then you shall live and multiply. I don't know about you, but I want to live and multiply. If I obey the commandments of God, if I hearken to his voice, I will live and multiply. Everybody say, I will live and I will multiply. I will multiply both physically by you know, kids, but I also will multiply through my grandparents, grandkids, excuse me, and my great-grandkids. And if you don't have any kids, you can have spiritual kids. Or you can multiply naturally with finances or multiply your influence. I, I'm telling you, I declare favor on my social media. I declare that I have 5,000 plus friends on Facebook, and I'm like 10 people away from 5,000 friends. Uh, I declare that I have the blue check <laughs> on Instagram. You may say, well, what does that matter? Well, well the more friends you have on Facebook and the more um, people that follow you on Instagram, guess what? That's the greater your influence will be in those arenas. And I want to have a great influence in those arenas. We just celebrated 100 subscribers to my personal YouTube channel. Hey, that's, there's 100 people that, I, that subscribe to my YouTube channel that I can have influence over. And I'm believing God for 250, then 500, then 1,000, and so forth. One million one day. Why not believe God for those things? Why not use your faith? Why not use our faith to increase our influence? And so here the scripture says, if we will listen to the voice of God, hearken to his voice, and obey his commandments, we will live and multiply. I want to live and multiply. That's, that should be our confession. It goes on and says, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you're entering to take possession of. I want to claim that for me. The Lord God will bless me by, by helping me, um, bless me in the land that I'm entering into to take possession of. God wants his people to have land. He wants us to have spiritual territory and sp spiritual inheritance, but he also wants us to have some natural inheritance. So proclaim land for you and your family. But if your heart turns away, you will not hear but are drawn away to worship other gods and serve them. But I declare to you today that you shall surely perish. 
You shall not live long in the land that you are going over the Jordan to enter and possess. But I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore, choose life that you and your offspring may live. Notice the scripture talks about that God has set before us blessing and curses. He set before us life and death. He turns around and tells us to choose life. And if we choose life, not only will we live, but our offspring shall live also. How many know the things that we do today will affect our children? And so we need to live right. We need to pursue holiness, and we need to pursue God, and we need to pursue life. We need to love life. We need to speak life. We need to do life with God so that we will live and our offsprings will live. We declare that our children will live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. I'm telling you, speak life over your children. Speak life over your unborn children, if those who are um, expecting or want to expect. Speak life over your grandchildren, over your great-grandchildren. If you don't have any, speak life over your relatives or, or, or people you've mentored. If you don't have anybody you mentor, believe God so that you can mentor. Every Christian should be making disciples. That should be somebody who you're mentoring. Just imagine every Christian taking one person this next year, we're almost halfway through the first quarter of the year, taking the other quarters of the year and taking that person and discipling that person, walking with them, pouring the life of God into them, speaking life into their life, then turn around that that person does the same thing. We can multiply as believers and we can have spiritual offsprings. Glory to God. And so this scripture tells us that God has set before us life and death and how we need to choose life. Let me read this out of the King James Version. The King James kind of um, goes a different direction. And it, it says the same thing, but it's a little different than ESV. Um, Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 15 says, See, I have set before thee this day life and good, death and evil. In the command, in that I command thee this day to love the Lord thy God and to walk in his ways, to keep his commandments, his statutes and his judgments, that thou mayest live and multiply. And the Lord thy God shall bless thee in the land, whether thou goest to possess it. All right, let's jump down to verse 19. I call heaven and earth to, rec to record this day against you, that I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore choose life, that, thou bo that, that both thou and thy seed may live, that thou mayest love the Lord thy God, that thou mayest obey his voice, that thou mayest cleave unto him, for he is thy life and the lift of thy days, that thou mayest dwell in the land which the Lord swear unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, to give thee. So here we see, again, God has put before us blessings and curses. He's put before us life and death. And he turns around and tells us to choose life. Such a good God. He gives us wisdom. He, he says before us life and death. And even in the garden, in Adam and Eve, he set before them life and death. He set before them blessings and curses. And they only knew what was good. And the Bible says that God told Adam the moment that he eat from the tree of the knowledge of tree, the, the knowledge of um, the tree of good and life, I'm messing that all up. You know what I'm trying to say. Um, the knowledge of good and evil, or ah, I'm messing the scripture up. But in Genesis, uh, it says that God has put before him um, that tree of knowledge of good and evil. 
and for them to stay away from it. And if they was to choose to stay away from it, they would continue to live and not die. But the moment they, they partake of it is the moment they, they will die. And so we see in the same way in life, there is choices to make. Every day you can choose life or death. Every day you can choose blessings or curses. How do you choose? By your words you say. Of course, by what you do, the decisions you make, right? You can choose to steal. You can choose to lie. You can choose to cheat. You can choose to have sex outside of marriage. You can choose um, to look at pornography, whatever. But you have, to, you have the ability to choose life. Every day, good and evil, life and death, blessings and cursing is presented to you every single day. And you can choose what you're going to partake of that day. And whatever you choose, will you will reap the consequences of your decision. With that said, go with me to Romans 8. Romans 8. How do you choose? You got to choose life by choosing the right words of life. You got to choose words, words, your words. Romans 8 verse 2, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. So when I choose the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus over the law of sin and death, then I choose life. I choose the path of God. I choose the ways of God. And how do I choose the ways of God? By choosing the right words. That I have to say what God says. It's, it sounds good and it sounds encouraging, but I'm here to tell you it. it there are times that you don't want to choose life. There's times you want to curse. There's times you want to use profanity. There's times that you want to speak death over your life. There's times that the enemy, but the devil uses our words against us. And God uses our words to bless us. So words are very important. Words reveal what's on the inside of us. Words reveals what's inside of us. So our words connects us to one of the two laws that we just mentioned. Either, either, either the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus or the law of sin and death. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, what is that law? The law of faith, the law of love, the law uh, of sowing and reaping, the, the, the law that is going to profit you. I choose to live. I choose to live in my physically. I choose to live spiritually. I choose to live financially. How many know that you, we need to speak life over? I got debt, but got, guess what? I'm choosing to speak the word of God over my debt. I choose to say that God empowers me to get wealth, to establish his covenant upon the earth that he swore to my forefathers. So I choose to believe God. I choose to sow seed. I choose to tithe and honor the Lord with my money. The Bible says that he'll pour out a blessing that I have no room to receive, that, he, that he'll bless me to such a point that there'll be no more needs. I don't know about you, but I have needs right now, and I want to get to a point that I have no more needs so that I no longer am I owing on my car or my house, but that, that now I can take that extra money and I can advance the kingdom of God in my local assembly. I can bless other ministries. I can bless other people. What, what if you get to a place where you, you're so wealthy that you're able to bless your parents or bless a relative or aunt or an uncle or cousins or friends? I'll bless you a house. I'll bless you with a house. I'll, I'll bless you with an extra car or whatever the case may be. I'm telling you, God is in the business of blessing his people so that they can be a blessing to somebody else. With that said, my last scripture will be Isaiah, excuse me, Joshua chapter 1, 
verse 8. Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. I think I just preached myself happy. I'm so excited about confession, the business of confession. We need to speak life into our life. What you confess is what you ultimately possess. Now, granted, some people say, well, I confess this, and it didn't happen. You can actually, and, and I'm going to talk about this probably in my last sermon in this series. I'm going to talk about how you can become more proficient in your confession. And if you confess something long enough, even if you don't believe it in your heart, what's going to happen is ultimately you'll start believing it in your heart. And when that happens, that's when you'll see the manifestation of your confession. So we, we need to have faith in two areas, according to Romans chapter 10. We need to have faith in our hearts and faith on our mouth. Faith in our hearts and faith in our, on, our, on our mouths or in our mouths. So when faith is in two places, then the manifestation of what we're believing for will come to pass. Many times there's believers who have faith in their hearts, but they don't have faith in their mouth. And there are people who have faith in their mouth, but don't have faith in their hearts. But the good news of it is if you'll keep saying it, ultimately you'll believe it. You'll school yourself into faith if you'll keep saying something. You take something, take an area of your life. And in the area perhaps you don't really believe God for or believe the promises of God in that area. If you'll start speaking over that area every single day, I promise you by the authority of the word of God that you ultimately you'll see the manifestation of what you're believing for. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 says this. It says, this book of the law should not depart from your what? Mouth. But you should meditate on it day and night that you may be careful to do according to all that's written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous. Then you will have good success. How do you make your way prosperous? By not allowing the word of God to depart from your mouth. Many of people have allowed the word of God to depart from their mouths. That's where the power is. The power is in the word of God. And that word, that power that's in that word will be released in your life if you'll get it on your mouth. I'm telling you, there is power. There, your miracle is in your mouth. Your deliverance is in your mouth. Your prosperity is in your mouth. Your protection is in your mouth. I'm telling you, your wisdom is in your mouth. You got to say some things. The Bible boldly says in Psalm, I believe Psalm 103, let the redeemer of the Lord say so. Let the redeemer of the Lord say so. Also, it says in Revelation that they overcame by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. By the word of their testimony. You got to say some things. The Bible also says that angels hearken to the voice of the Lord, the voice, the voice of the word of God. The voice of the word of God. I'm telling you, you got to say some things. You got to speak some things over your life. Let the redeem of the Lord say so. Let the redeem of the Lord say so. There's certain things we have to guard. We got to guard our mind against. We got um, Psalm 103 says this verse 20 says, bless the Lord. O you his angels, you mighty ones who do his word, obeying the voice of his word. Obeying the voice of his word. There are angels that will hearken to the voice of the word of God. And if you put his word on your mouth, angels will begin to move on your behalf. 
The angels are not sent to minister to you as much as they sent to minister for you. The Bible says in Hebrews 1 that God has given us angels to minister for the heirs of salvation. So I don't know about you, but I want to put my angels to work. And one way that I put my angels to work by saying what God says. If I give voice to his word, then I'll begin to see angels at work on my behalf. And guess what? Demons will begin to work against you if you begin to put the words of the devil on your mouth. If you speak fear, have you noticed like with this virus, coronavirus, you, you begin to see fear in the hearts of people. Fear in the hearts and the minds and the, and the life of people. They're afraid to go out. They're afraid to travel the, across the country or whatever the case may be. Don't, I'm, I'm, I mean, don't be afraid to, to go out. Now, I'm not telling you to be stupid and go out and travel when, you know, right, just for no reason. And, and you don't want to put the Lord to test. But you also don't want that to paralyze you. If you need to go somewhere, then go. I mean, travel. Don't be afraid. Fears of the devil. The Bible says God has not given me the spirit of fear, but of love and power and a sound mind. I want to encourage you today to begin to speak the word of God over your life. Speak the word of God over your children. Speak the word of God over your finances. Find scriptures. Now, you know, just don't pull out stuff out of the air, but find scriptures that cover your case and stand on the scriptures. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So you got to get that word. Base your confession on the word of God. Find scriptures that promises you what you're believing for and feed yourself on those scriptures and confess those scriptures and quote those scriptures. The devil was defeated in Jesus' life by the word that he spoke. Jesus, Matthew 4, it talks about, and he says, and it is written, and it is written, and it is written. What are you saying concerning your situation? Are you complaining about the lack that's in your life? Are you confessing that he meets your needs? I want to stop there, and I want to encourage you to begin to declare. You got a hand that is, um, that's hurting? Begin to confess the scriptures over your hand. Begin to declare, by the stripes of Jesus, my hands are healed and whole and complete. That Jesus bore my sicknesses and carried my disease. I thank you, Lord, that my body is disease-free. You might have a disease in your body right now, but if you begin to speak the Word of God over it, I promise you the Word of God will begin to work in your life. That same power, that same resurrection power that raised Christ from the dead is available to us today. I, I'm tired of religion in the sense I'm tired of tra the, tra the, the traditions of men that has held God's people back. I'm telling you, there is, um, there is an army of believers who are, who are beginning to rise up and to take their rightful place in the body of Christ and in this world by knowing who they are and who they belong to, by knowing their rights, by knowing what belongs to them, by speaking the word of God, by having the two-edged sword of the word of God in their mouths. One of the, one of the um, armors, pieces of armors that the Bible speaks of is the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Well, that sword, how do we use that sword? How do we operate that sword? The Word of God. The Word of God. We take that Word and we speak life. And we speak words that is from the Spirit. Jesus says, the words that I speak, they are life and they are spirit. We need to speak life to our life. You got a pain in your body, whether it's your kidneys, you begin to speak. I speak to my kidneys in Jesus' name. 
and I command my kidneys to line up with the word of God. Kidneys, come alive. Kidneys, um, you will live and not die. Kidneys, I command you to operate like God created you to operate. You got, uh, 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 I keep talking about this hand. If your hand is hurting you right now, begin to speak to your hands. Your blood pressure, if it's high, begin to speak to your blood pressure. I thank you, Lord, that my blood pressure is 120 over 80. In the name of Jesus, I command my blood pressure to be normal. I command my sugar level to be normal. To power God to regulate my sugar level. Speak to your A1C. Speak to your to your limbs. I thank you that my, my knees are, are operating the way that it was created to operate. Find scriptures dealing with your knees. You know the Bible, there, there are many scriptures, a plethora of scriptures dealing with the bones. So speak to your bones. I command my bones to be strong. I thank you that I live to be an old person and with my mind straight. And my mind, I, I'll have my mind at 100 and I have plenty of money for my grandkids. Glory to God. I, I, I declare in the name of Jesus that my, I won't lose sight in my eyes, that I have perfect vision, even as the man Moses had perfect vision. I thank you that my eyes do not grow dim, but they grow strong. You do what you need to do naturally, and you begin to speak to it. Speak to sinus infections and, and, and asthma attacks and I command asthma to leave my body in Jesus' name. I'm telling you, there's power in your words, and there's power in God's words. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. I want you to rise up and begin to declare. I'm telling you, I'm more, I, I have lived this life majority of my life. There was a period of about three to four years that I allowed the traditions of men to get a hold of me where I kept my mouth silent. There was a time that even in this church, I told uh, some members, and I said, you know what, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to make any confessions over, the script, over this church. That was the dumbest thing that I've ever done in my life. And I'm telling you, a year and some change ago, we began to declare the growth of our church, and we be, we're beginning to experience growth. It's like we, we see people joining the church almost every single week. I'm telling you, there's something about confession. You can change some things. You can change your body. You can, the, there, there, there's a scripture in James that we'll talk about next week as we talk about the master key to life. Your mouth is the master key to life. And, and your, your tongue will determine what your body will do. I, I, I brought this up last week. Our, our youngest son, he was, for whatever reason, he wasn't eating like he should, right? He was underweight, uh, my wife began to declare that he had a voracious appetite. She began to declare that that boy can eat now. He's eating all the time. I picked him up this, I picked him up this morning, and uh, I was like, dude, you get, you get a little chubby there. And thank God for that. Amen? Thank God for that. I'm telling you, you have the legal right by God Almighty to really be human, like maximizing your humanity is to walk like God walks and to talk like God talks. Some people accuse me, you're just trying to be like God by confessing things and calling things that are not as though they were. I'm telling you, I want to be like God. What, what's the alternative? Be like the devil, to call things that are, are as though they are. Just imagine if God, when he saw the darkness over the earth, and he just says, oh, what great darkness. Guess what? The darkness would would have grow, grew, right? 
So instead, God called things that are not as though they were. He called light where there was no light. And sometimes people don't understand calling things that are not as though they were. What happens is people call things that are as though they are. <laughs> um, they're sickness. So they say, oh, I'm so sick. I'm so sick. Instead of saying that the Bible says, let the weak say I'm strong. If, you, if there's a weakness in your body, I, I double dog dare you to confess strength, to confess strong, strength into your body. I call my knees strong in Jesus' name. I curse arthritis in Jesus' name. I command arthritis to leave my body in Jesus' name. Arthritis, I command you to go. Back pain, I command you to go. When the last time you took the, last, the next 30 days to confess strength to your body, strength to your mind. Stop saying, I, I, I forget things. I don't forget things. I may naturally forget things, but guess what? I have the legal right by God Almighty to confess that I, I, my memory is sharp. My memory is blessed. My mind is blessed. I have a sound mind, and I don't forget things. I don't forget things. I don't forget what things are. The Spirit of God helps me. He, he illuminates my understanding. I tell you, the next five years from now, five years from now, I'll be totally out of debt. I just said that. Yeah, I'll be totally out of debt in the next five years, and I'll be freed up to do, fully do the will of God. I, I'm, what, what are you doing? I'm confessing, and I'm speaking. Mark my words. Next five years, I'll be totally out of debt, freed up to do the will of God financially, to do the will of God, to be able to go where God says go without any obligations on no one. The Bible says in Romans 13, to owe no man nothing but to love him. And I declare that I owe no man nothing but to love him in Jesus' name. Why not believe God? Why not use your faith instead of watching the television all day? I'm not saying that we watch television, we enjoy movies, we've been watched sometimes, we, you know, whatever the case may be. But I'm telling you, why not feed your faith? Why not encourage yourself in the things of God? Why not go for it? Why not fill yourself with faith? Uh, why not be totally immersed with the things of God? I'm telling you, I listen to faith preachers all the time. I listen to faith preachers on the way to work. I listen to faith preachers on the way back from home. I listen to faith preachers at work. I listen to faith preachers in my, in my room and at home, washing dishes and cleaning and taking the dogs out. Why, I'm looking for ways. We have not tapped into the power of faith. I once read this in Lesson Summerall, and they've actually heard him preach about it, that Dr. Lesson Summerall talks about the potential of faith. We have only touched the surface of, of, of this potential. I'm telling you, you can do the impossible with faith. And here at Kingdom Living Ministries, we are looking forward to doing the impossible, to believing for the impossible. What is impossible with man is possible to God. And the Bible says, Mark 9, 23, all things are possible to those who believe. I don't know about you, but I'm a believer, and I'm a, I choose to believe that that I can do the impossible, I can be all that God's called me to be, that our church is growing exponentially, I, that people are joining every week. I'm, that's one, my, part of my confession, that our church people are joining every week and that they're making an impact. We are, we're not only people joining, but we're a soul-winning church. We're a disciple-making church. When people come into our church, they experience the power of God. They're learning how to be a disciple. Their marriage is blessed. Their finances are blessed. I mean, we are good ground and which people sow into, when people sow into our ministry, they see a harvest 
quickly in Jesus' name. Those are the things that we're believing God for. And I want to encourage you this morning to rise up in faith and begin to believe God for the impossible in your life. Stop living the average Christian life, but live the supernatural life in which God has called you to live. Be, walk in supernatural wisdom. Walk in supernatural strength. Walk in supernatural peace. Walk in supernatural provision. Everything about you should be supernatural. Parent your kids supernaturally. What are you talking about, Pastor Wayne? What does that look like? Let me tell you what that looks like. That looks like when, you are, when your kid's doing something wrong, supernaturally, you know what's happening in them. By the word of knowledge, supernaturally, you know what, what God's plan is concerning their life. So through the word of wisdom, you prepare them for the plans of God. Supernaturally, you're discerning spirits that are around them and in them. Supernaturally, <coughs> you're believing God for the impossible through the gift of faith. Supernaturally, you're speaking to them and praying with them through tongues and interpretation and prophecy. Why not? Why not? Why not me? Why not you? To be the generation that walk in the fullness of the word of God. Why not have a hundredfold walk with God? Why not have a hundredfold return on all your giving? Why not pay off your house in not 30 years, taking 30 years to pay off the house or 15 years, depending on your mortgage? Why not have multiple houses? Why not have a house in, in Jersey and have a house down south and a house on the west coast and a house on an island somewhere? Why not? Listen, if God who painted his streets who gold can do that for his streets, how much more could he do that for his son and his daughter? I'm going to end there because I can continue. We're going to continue this next week. But remember this, that the devil is defeated. God is exalted and Jesus is Lord. And if you today have not received Jesus as the Lord of your life, I want to invite you into the family of God. The Bible says that whosoever calls on the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. I want to encourage you that there is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. Hell is a place to be avoided, and heaven is the place to go, to want to go. I heard years ago a song by Mary Mary, I want to go to heaven. Heaven, I want to go. I'm striving to go to heaven. I'm telling you, heaven is a wonderful place because God is there. God wants to be your father. He's God to the world. He's judge to the world, but he's father to the believer, to the Christian. And God wants to be your father. He wants to be your Lord. Jesus wants to save you to the utmost. The Holy Spirit wants to fill you to overflowing. God the Father wants to give you the life that Jesus died to give you. He wants to be your great physician. He wants to be your personal physician. He wants to be, the Holy Spirit wants to be your personal teacher. But you got to invite him in. So if you today want to receive Jesus as your Savior and as your Lord, I want you to bow your heads and mean it with your heart. The Bible says you confess with your mouth the Lordship of Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. You shall be saved. And I'll pray this prayer with you. If you'll mean this prayer, God, the Holy Spirit, will come inside and change you and make you a brand new creation. So pray this prayer after me. Say, Father God, I come to you in Jesus' name. I confess that I'm a sinner and I need Jesus. I believe in my heart 
that you sent Jesus to die for me, to die in my place. And I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. I receive eternal life. I receive Jesus as Savior and as Lord, as healer, as provider, as wisdom, as, as my sanctifier, as my baptizer in the Holy Spirit. And I thank you, Lord, for saving me. If you pray that prayer, I want you to contact the ministry. You can contact us by email, um, info at kingdomlivingnj.org, or you can call the ministry, 732-324-2200, and we'll get back with you. Or you can write us at P.O. Box um, 519, Rancocas, New Jersey, 08073. Find us on the, um, on the website, kingdomlivingnj.org. Hit us up on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. And we'll get back to you. We have a wonderful gift for you if you choose to reach out to us. If you said that prayer, we want to provide you with two mini books by Kenneth Hagen, The New Birth and Why Tongues. We want to send you a Bible. And then we want to help you find a Bible-believing church that believes like us, that believes the entire Bible, that believes in the, in, 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 in the healing of the sick and the raising of the dead and the driving out demons and the provision and prosperity of, of his saints. If you've prayed that prayer and you meant it with your heart, I want you to contact the ministry and we'll get back with you and we'll provide you with the materials that are needed to set you on the path of walking the victorious life. Have a wonderful day. Spend the rest of the time with your family. Enjoy today. Um, spend some time in prayer. Go back over this message. Don't just listen to it once. Listen to it. I double dog, double dog, double dog dare you to listen to it throughout the week, even perhaps three times a week, three times this week. Listen to it because surely you didn't get all that I said in one setting. Listen to it again and again and again. We'll, we'll continue this as we talk about the confession. You are the prophet of your own life. God bless you. That concludes this week's message, and thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Rancocas, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, Contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to His word. God bless you.